Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. All right, what is going on, people? You know that sound is the unfiltered band. Means another episode of Unfiltered coming your way here and now. Officially, this will go down as episode number 125 entitled The Free Agent Carousel. We get a chance to hop on board with you every day. This Unfiltered Revolution, you can get on it at Casey Stern on Twitter. Get into the bio, hit up the YouTube channel, get to Believes as well. That's B L E A V. Jump in, get your merch, and be a part of this Unfiltered Revolution. Be unfiltered and live. Unfiltered. Thank you, Unfiltered Band. As we begin this episode and hit up a number of different things regarding free agency, get into the carousel a little bit. I talk a lot today about the shortstop position. We're going to eventually, by the time we get done here between now and winter meetings, hit all 30 teams, get into all the free agents, have discussed everybody by the time we get through. You can give me your comments on free agency anytime. Hit me up if you're watching on YouTube, on my channel, in the comments, or you can get me at Casey Stern on Twitter along the way, uh, whether uh, you DM, if we follow each other, or if you want to shoot me a note and a reply, we'll talk some free agency there. Always happy to be here, presented by our good friends at Bet Online. Basketball is back. Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season. Latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends over at Bet Online. Your continued source for all your sports wagering information. Bet Online's got live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet all of your favorite sports and events, whether NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, or even golf. Head over to betonline.ag, betonline.ag to join. Get your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code BELIEVE. That's B-L-E-A-V to receive your rewards. It's BetOnline where the game starts as we get started here. First of all, let's talk some free agency do's and don'ts. All right? Number one. Do be greedy if you're a fan, but don't be impatient. Free agency in doing these winter meetings for so, so many years and doing live coverage, it never ceases to amaze me just how many years in a row when there is a signing, let's say the first shortstop goes out of the way, that there will be fans that will sit there and say, well, geez, my team hasn't done crap. What the hell are we doing? Wake up, GM, and insert name here. Wake up, owner. Why aren't we spending money? You got to wait. Now, I'm not saying you wait till three days before camp when pitchers and catchers report in February, but you got to be patient. You got to understand this thing takes time. Everybody expects at winter meetings, which is about now, what, three weeks time from at this point when we do this here. And you're sitting there and you're thinking that everything's going to get done. A lot of times the conversations really ensue and they start to get some depth to them at winter meetings. And that's why you don't see all the signings, bop, 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 bop the way you see when it's such a closed quarters in a small area like you have of time for the NHL when it opens up beginning of July or when the NBA does some, where you're discussing it all during the moratorium, quote-unquote, and then all of a sudden, boom, shockingly, at midnight, bang, or whatever it is, they change it every year now, every, every signing seems to develop. They've only been talking for a week. Well, you don't have those kind of deadlines, and it's not cut into that you know, kind of a cookie-cutter time frame in these sports the way it is there in baseball here, it's not. It takes time. And a lot of times, it is, it is impossible to be patient as a fan. I get that, but you got to be. When you look at these free agents here in this class, very, very high level and top heavy, and certainly at the shortstop position, which we're going to get into today, 
You got some top flight in the pitching in, in two or three, four different names. You got Judge, clearly. And then everybody kind of a little bit after that in terms of the impact. And by the way, don't forget that the trade winds are going to blow, and then that kind of cuts itself into this as well. Already conversations and rumors abound about conversations with the Rays about their pitching. I expect Cleveland and other teams to get, you know, on speed dial where people are going to be calling them saying, hey, look, you can't afford said dude, Shane Bieber, whoever it might be, right? For years down the line. So what what if I can make take a shot at you? We know based on what the Angels have said, at least Otani not going to be in that mix. You'll see him as a free agent a year from now. The shortstop position this year is highly decorated. It is unbelievably interesting. It is loaded with impact players. And to me, where you start comes down to not necessarily the teams and what they will gain who get these players, but which teams will lose what these players already are and mean for them and their organizations. You know, I don't sit there with Carlos Correa with no disrespect to the Twins because he's only been there for a short period of time. And it's not that that ingrained, in-depth relationship of years and storylines and performance, the level of what you have with Xander Bogarts in Boston, the level of what you have clearly with a Dansby Swanson, what he's done in his time in Atlanta. Then don't forget, got a guy who could be at the highest end of that sitting there at 30 years old, even though still, obviously, a lot of it based on his athleticism and his legs. And then you question length of deals for guys 30 or older. Correa sitting 28 and a Trey Turner sitting at 30 years of age. But Trey Turner, a guy who, if he goes home, goes back, you know, and, and sits there on the East Coast, there are a number of different teams. Mets already mentioned, well, where would he fit? What position? Is he going to play second base? Is he going to move? You know, you always say no. And then we saw a situation last year where Trevor Story is sitting there in a better shortstop defensively than Xander Bogarts, sitting there playing second base for the Red Sox. And now Trevor Story signing may be the reason, above all, that the Red Sox allow X-Man to walk because they can move him over to short. Yeah, I remember when you know, DJ LeMayu, before he was the batting title guy that everybody you know looked at as a hitter, he's just this gold glover at second base. But he in Colorado, he's not going to translate anywhere. Yankees didn't even know where they were going to pay him, and he sat around, only got two years for twenty million dollars. Certainly not at the level of name that these shortstops currently are. But the point is, yet another guy who became a big factor in recent years that played out of position, was signed out of position, didn't have a position. Teams have to find a way to get better, however that is. And you've got shortstops in this market and clearly four at the forefront of it that can absolutely be game changers and take an organization to a way higher level. But they also can take you way back if you lose them. Let's start with Dansby Swanson. And this is in no order in terms of ranking these guys because they're all different in their own way. And Dansby's a guy that a lot of people are going to put four. They're going to look at numbers and they're going to say, well, no, he's not Trey Turner. He's not. He's not Carlos Correa. He's not. And he hasn't been Xander Bogarts offensively. He's not. But the guy just won a gold glove at the shortstop position. He's an unbelievable leader. And to me, when you think about clutch gene and winning and looking for winning type players to be at the forefront of your franchise, this dude's a winner. He got all that and then some. Yeah, Carlos Correa has won in, in Houston. Yeah, Trey Turner won in D.C. at a certain level, certainly won it, you know, in L.A. at a high level. 
Yeah, Xander Bogart, especially earlier in his career, we saw what he did with the Red Sox. And they experienced, even though they had some losing, some winning on the high end. Dansby Swanson going to get forgotten by a lot of people. Don't, do not discount what this dude is. Yeah, I've referenced this on this podcast before and, you know, how reminiscent he is to me of Chase Utley and the, the kind of things that Utley did in Philadelphia in terms of just being it's a hard-nosed winning player who is going to sit there and he's going to lead by example. He's got toughness to him. Here's a guy that everybody was always crapping on because, he, you know, obviously where how he was drafted, right? Then the big trade. He's never going to live up to that. Yeah, I remember sitting here and watching him hit in the eight hole and be a guy who was buried in a lineup and nobody thought ever was going to do much. And then Albies and Acuna became stars. And what the hell are you going to do with Dansby Swanson? Ah, he's kind of okay. But he become a big-time player. This is a guy who gets big hits seemingly every time he's in that, in that situation. He's not going to be afraid of a moment if he's in a bigger market than where Atlanta currently sits. And it is it would be a gigantic, a ginormous loss if the Atlanta Braves moved on from Dansby Swanson, and I think a big mistake. Now, I understand you can move guys around. They got Grissom. They got a lot of young talent. They certainly have locked up a lot of dudes. And when you think about, you know, in the grand scheme of things, the way teams normally are, you would say, well, I don't have money for Dansby Swanson because I already locked up Riley and Acuna and Albies and Olsen, all these players. But and Spencer Strider recently, and et cetera, right? There's so many of them. But the way the Atlanta Braves have been able to get so many guys in these unbelievably team-friendly contracts. I mean, Albies, it was like near criminal, the contract that this guy's playing on, $5 million a year, even though it was, wasn't healthy this past season. But some of these deals, Acuna, I mean, the money they got him for, they're so team-friendly and they save so much capital and so much in finances and they've made so much money you go back to the first year down here at the battery and i remember talking to scott boris in an interview and him talking to us about you know 400 million dollars or something like that was the number that it was over that and that they had made the year after they got the new park and they spent 17 in the impending offseason alex anthopoulos done an amazing job but people forget i mean how many different times he wasn't allowed to make deals he probably would have made he was only allowed to make a Band-Aid deal to bring in Josh Donaldson to bring him back. Ironically, you know, it was a mistake. Certainly, we didn't think, you know, or, or foresee what had happened off the field with, with Ozuna, whether or not you had issues with him defensively and otherwise anyway, right? At that time, the DH not in, in present like it is now. But, you know, that was a guy that they, they finally said, okay, well, let's give him four years, right? The Braves have saved so much money, there's no excuse not to bring Dansby Swanson back. There's no excuse. First of all, it shouldn't have taken your free agency. This is not a guy who should have been hanging around. And one thing you got to think about with all these free agents, and this is just reality of human beings, people, this is human element, is these guys are sitting there thinking, he's not stupid. Dansby Swanson thinking, okay, well, you made a point to, to sign every guy we have on the team, and here I am. And I'm winning a gold glove for you. I'm the, you know, certainly, and I, listen, I'm telling you from people I talked to in the room, got a leader on the team, you know, that one of the reasons they were able to move on after Freddie Freeman, not just the player that Olsen was or filling in other you know, roles in terms of, and certainly not the hitter that Freddie Freeman is, but in the room, Freddie Freeman, a guy who had taken the torch from a Chipper Jones, who and right in Brian McCann and was the voice and was the face, it could Danby Swanson been that dude. Could Danby Swanson and, and 
Travis Darno too. But Danby Swanson become that guy. You can't lose him. If I'm the Braves, this wouldn't have gone this far. The Dansby Swanson, now, that, now if you're going to tell me, well, they're going to lose Dansby Swanson, but don't worry because, you know, they're going to go ahead and they're going to sign Trey Turner at, at bigger money, okay, but I don't think that's happening. You know, they, they're choosing a Bogart, so they're going to choose a Correa over him. I don't think that's the case. If they don't bring in Dansby Swanson, I think it'll be kind of mix and match, and they've got pitching, and they've got a lot of guys that are wrapped up, and, They've got a Vaughn Grissom and, and, you know, guys that they can move around and they don't have to worry about it. I don't, I don't, it's not going to be a, 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 a heavier financial replacement. It's not going to happen. Dansby Swanson and dudes, the Braves cannot lose. I think of all the, the names in this spot, you know, the Dodgers got a lot of places they can go. Obviously, you know, sit there and play Lux at shortstop. They got tons of money to go fill and add guys, and they got tons of talent. And the Dodgers need to focus on, you know, kind of you know reworking the pitching and the bullpen and all the health issues that they've had. They can hit enough with Betts and Freeman and the guys they have. You know, it's hard to say you don't need Trey Turner, but the Dodgers can win without Trey Turner. You know, the the Red Sox, and we'll get to Bogarts in a second. I think it would be a mistake to let let X walk and let Xander Bogarts just walk away. But they do have Trevor Story. Most teams don't have Trevor Story, a, a dynamic athletic shortstop just sitting there who could play the position. They don't have that. And then in a situation like Correa, I mean, look, the Twins didn't win anyway. They were a damn disgrace in, in a lot of the things that happened this season with that team. So I'm not sitting there saying, well, yeah, the Twins need Carlos Correa. The Twins need a lot more than just Carlos Correa coming back, even if they liked having him on the team. I think Correa's gone. I don't think Minnesota will be able to play with some of the big-time money that's going to be thrown Correa's way. And I don't know how that's going to pan out, whether or not that's going to be in Chicago, whether or not that's going to be in, in reuniting with an Alex Cora and ending up in Boston instead of a Bogarts, if that's a scenario that that you know presents itself, which it could. It could. You know, I you know, what other, you know, scenario Dodgers, right? Turner Walk. I mean. You know, a lot of this is going to be about kind of the domino effect. Normally, in a in a market with free agency, starting pitching, it'll be this way too, is where you look at when, hey, one guy goes off the board, then that benchmark of that amount of money is set, and then everybody kind of follows suit and then sets the stage. So you got to wait until that guy goes, then that second tier will go, and some of those guys got to wait till the end. The guys who are going to be innings guys, very valuable for teams, may sit out there for you know six eight weeks. They got to wait till the starting pitchers at the high end go to set that benchmark of, of AAV and how many years, and then have that kind of place to look at. Okay, well, that's what that team played, and now that's going to be the price tag that we all look at. But in this shortstop market, the order is going to be very interesting. I think, you know, one of the, the things to watch will be kind of the first name of these big four to go. For the Red Sox, they got a lot to work on. They got to figure out the front end of that pitching staff and how they got to figure out, you know, what, what's the situation is with Devers long-term. They got to figure out a number of different things. And, you know, to me, what's always a mistake is when teams already have all these questions, you know, yeah, even if they have Xander Bogart's back, they had him last year. They had him the year before Well, they didn't do dot, dot, dot. They didn't win. They ended up in last place. So what the hell did that do? Well, it doesn't make it easier when he's gone. Now you got all those questions and now you got, one of the only answers you had, and maybe the biggest consistent answer over the last five, six years, is gone, snap a finger, and boom, that's a big question as well. That's not that easy. Yeah, you can go out in the second base market, 
try and go get a second baseman if the Red Sox want to do that and put themselves in that kind of a position and then go ahead and, and shift, you know, story over to shortstop and work on starting pitching and spend the money that way. And look, they could do that. But Xander Bogart's been a bigger answer than people give credit for. And I think it's a mistake. You know, they got to figure out what the, the, the Devers scenario, the Red Sox got a lot of questions. You're trying to play moving forward with the Yankees, who I assume, and I will, you know, I will tell you, I'm going to predict the judge is going to go back to New York. I think they will have to pay the highest dollar. I think what happened in that situation between them waiting this out, underpaying him in terms of an offer, him over exceeding anyone's, you know, human being expectations with this monstrous season he had, all the questions that are there, what he means now to that franchise in that city. I don't think the Yankees could just step out and pay him even money. I think they'll pay more, but I think Judge will go back. So Judge can go back to the Yankees and okay, yeah, they said, look. They still got you know, Cole and Cortez and Severino, and they got pitching. They got to figure out the bullpen. They got some questions for sure. They got to figure out, you know, where does Ben attendee? Does he fit back in the fold? What happens with Rizzo? They got some issues, but the Yankees got money. And even though we're talking about, you know, this Steinbrenner version and not George, I think they understand the onus that's on Brian Cashman and Aaron Boone on Booney, who are both staying. So you got to play with that. You got to play with the Jays team that for all the people said that what they can't do. And I know what happened, obviously, in that game in the playoffs and the lead that they blew. And Alex Manoa didn't, you know, toss eight shutout innings in the start he had either. But you look at what Manoa's become at the front end. You think about the developments of the Bichettes and the Vlagarera Juniors who just want a gold glove and and some of the guys that they have and the money they still seemingly are willing to spend. And you're going to play with those teams and the Rays who never go away, no matter what they trade or who the Red Sox can't play. They're going to come out there and spend serious money. They're going to have no choice. And even if you spend it on Bogart, so you shouldn't have let hanging out there to dry forever this way anyway. But if you would have spent the money and if you're going to spend it and play in that market, even if you don't do it on Bogart's and you shift the second baseman, who's just okay into that spot who could play defense and, you know, do a few things for you. And you're going to put more in, in the basket of Trevor story. Then what? You know, where's Devers long term? Where's the front end pitching? What's going on in, in some of the spots like the quarters of your outfit? I mean, they got questions too. The Trey Turner situation may be the most interesting in all of these because you know clearly you know, everybody kind of puts out the passion that he'd go back to the Dodgers for you know and that's that's still open for discussion, right? We they know what he is also and the dynamic talent that he is. But this is not one of these media-driven scenarios of, you know, everybody kind of saying he wants to go back east. I've heard it from people as well. Yeah, you know, you hear about, like, the, the, the buzz in the inner circles. And, right, this guy wants to, if it works out, right? You're not saying I have to, but if it works out, he'd like to go back to where he's from. Well, if he goes back to where he's from, as much as, you know, I've got a lot of Met fans that, you know, obviously you know, hit me up and were excited, I know, what, about a week ago when, you know, the Mets have interest in Trey Turner. Who doesn't have interest in Trey Turner? Okay, yeah, the Mets have the money. They can pay trade. You, you don't get DeGrom. Maybe they go make a trade. They go look at a glass note, for, for example, maybe with the Rays, and they try and bring in you know, a Verlander. Not sure if that's going to work, and that's going to be a hefty price anyway. I think Rodon certainly would be a good fit for the, the Mets as well. They bring back Bassett. You got you know a number of holes you still got to fill. They got to rework almost an entire pen, setting up Edwin Diaz, who they already spent over $100 million on. Even with all the money the Mets have, you're going to really, when you have Jeff McNeil, just want a silver slugger at second base, go spend that money. I don't think that's what you're doing. I don't. You got to figure out if Nimmo's not there, how are you going to replace it? Yeah, Marte could play center field, but then who's playing right? Right? Pun intended.
You know, wh- where are you in the DH position that became such an, an issue? You know, is that where Alvarez is going to be? You know, are you going to give him a spot at catching? What, what are you going to do? They got a lot of questions where it's like, you know, one, you're taking something that's not a question that's so easily answerable, like, you know, Jet McNeil right now being a second baseman, a silver slugger, and a batting title winner, and then saying, okay, we're going to move Turner there. Yeah, we know McNeil could play left field or right field if he had to, but I just don't know if that's where you're going to spend the money. They're going to spend funds. I just don't know if that's how you're going to do it. But I do think that in Philadelphia, in that division, there is a very dangerous threat for Trey Turner, for sure, for me. If you look at you play Chuck Woolery and try and play Love Connection and Matchmaker in this free agent market with all these different scenarios. Look, Aaron Judge, going to go back to New York. If he doesn't, it's going to be San Francisco. It's not going to be the Mets. It's not going to be the Cubs. Not going to be the Rangers. DeGrom doesn't go back to the Mets. I think Texas certainly is a spot to look at, right? You start to look at, like, matches that make sense. You need teams that have money teams that have desire. You need a player that's got you know a desire in terms of what the connection would be if he's paid and even money. Why would he go to that place? And when you line all those things up, I can make a case for you. you took every position. You give me every damn player in this market. And you look at the best matches you got. You may not find one that's better for me than Trey Turner going to Philadelphia. I don't know if you do. I understand that. You know, look, you think about the offense and all the runs that they scored, but what, during the course of the season, the reason they only won 80-something games was not just Joe Girardi and the switch to Topper to Rob Thompson, right? It's not just about that. It's not just about the bullpen that came together. It's because of what you saw in the middle of that Houston series. And look, take nothing away at a Javier and Valdez and the Abreus and the Monteros is now back with Houston and the Presleys. These are, these are terrific pitchers, clearly. It's why the Astros were the favorites and why, as a lot of people did, I picked them to win a World Series, but before the year and before the series in six games. And they went in six games. Look, their pitching staff, the depth of it is crazy, right? But there's a feast or famine in the way that the Phillies hit and the amount of home runs that they hit, and that plays, and it plays big time in that stadium. You get high-end pitching and high-velocity pitching. You match it at the back end with guys who can get outs and close games, but now they feel like they're better suited. And then you sit there in the middle, and your bats can bash, and you hit home runs. It's great. And we're going to have some changing rules and the shift, and certainly for guys like Schwarber, some of those things are going to alter maybe to their benefit, right? But you're looking at a league, people, where now stolen bases, and I understand Trey Turner already 30 years old, but people are underrating the size of the bag and, and how different that is. Go look at the math and think about it. Look what's happened when it's been tested out. You're going to have a lo- only a couple of throws over. You're going to have dudes like I mentioned Sterling Marte before with the Mets who are going to run a lot more if he's healthy enough. A guy like Trey Turner, he's going to run. And he gonna steal. You could steal 45, 50 bases with these new rules. I don't think people understand that. Okay? The Philadelphia Phillies... They didn't, you know, look, I, Kyle Schwarber is a leadoff hitter. You know, it's it's not, you know, forget about prototypical. I mean, it's not, t- nowadays there is no typical, right, for leadoff hitters. It's not, you know, Ricky Henderson, Tim Raines, Vince Coleman, Willie Wilson. This isn't, you know, the 80s. I get that. But let's be fair. I mean, not even a guy who even in the other way, well, you work a lot of deep, I mean, he's, he feasts a famine. He gets striked out a bunch. You get hit a bunch of home runs. But imagine... If Kyle Schwarber's homers, he hit 40, were with guys on base. Imagine if you could sit there and all the problems that we saw where they didn't have anything behind Harper and know what the hell to do with it, and they certainly would need to figure out, you know, maybe, look, does Turner become a guy who hits between those two guys? How do you figure out, does he hit two in that sense? You know, how are you going to... 
But the idea of Trey Turner near the top of your lineup is something you – I mean, think about the differences in what it would do for everything with the depth in Philadelphia if you had that dynamic offensive ability – Guy who, especially in that part, easily hit you 30 bombs. Might be able to have 35, to be honest. Could He could steal 35, 40, especially with the new rules. You know, dynamic. You could play him. Look, if you wanted it, you leave Stott at short and play him at second base or you know, shift it or how, you know, however you want to do that. Turner's a guy, you put him in the infield in Philadelphia and in front of that crowd and way closer to home and, and add another bat and add a right-handed bat, which they need. I mean, there's so many great things about what that guy would do. To me, it's as good a match as you got in this market. And if I'm a, you know, if you're sitting there as a Met fan here about Trey Turner, I'm not worried about I don't know, Mets getting Trey Turner. If you're a Braves fan, you're worried about Dansby Swanson leaving for sure. I don't think that's going to be in Philadelphia. But think about you lose Dansby Swanson and the Phillies get Trey Turner. And look at the questions too, but all of a sudden you, you're changing things up, right? This is not like some Philly team. I think a lot of people expect now they'll go back to being a disgrace. Dave Dombrowski didn't go there if he doesn't think John Middleton going to spend the money. And Dave Dombrowski trying to win. He's trying to win now. They're going to try and get back there now. They're going to try and get Bryce Harper, what they got there, they're going to try and get back there now. And to me, that's where Trey Turner <clears throat> ends up being such, a, to me, a great match for Philadelphia in so many ways. Excuse me. <clears throat> in so many ways. It's such a good fit. So... I think Turner is a guy who I expect to move. I don't expect him to be a Dodger. I do think it's real that he would go back east. I think there are a lot of different places you could look. Philadelphia, to me, just makes too much sense. The Cubs are dead set on trying to get one of these shortstops. Does that work out? I don't think the Giants can get Aaron Judge. I don't. But the timing of this is going to be interesting because, look, you know, you got Brandon Crawford there, but you know, you look at this shortstop market, the Giants got to be looking at, at, at these stars. This is where the stars are. They need star quality. If the Giants are going to try and go after Carlos Correa, let's say, right, they can't do that if they're, they're heavily in on Aaron Judge because you only got so much money. But how long are you going to wait for Aaron Judge to figure it out? And then if you wait too long – and the game of musical chairs switches up and flips on you, then all of a sudden you lose that. You don't have the money anymore. And now you got to feel like you're desperate. That's what happened to the angels years ago. And that's where you get screwed. I go back. I remember being at winter meetings. Here's Garrett Cole. And the angels don't want to pay. You know, they're there with the Yankees back and forth and back and forth. Yankees go nine years. Angels aren't going to go there. Yankees get Cole. And then all of a sudden the angels don't have any pitchers that they can get. There's no one out there in the market that could change their staff. And I love Anthony Rendon, but they they paid all this money to Tony Tubags to go play third base. I know he was injured this past year, but he can't pitch, and it wasn't going to help them win. But they felt like, okay, now where are we going to spend the money? Well, if the Giants don't get Aaron Judge and they lose out in the shortstop market, where, where are they going to go fix all this? Yeah, Anthony Rizzo, yeah, there's some other names that certainly could help in different areas that, you know, for the Giants, but no, it's not enough. It's not the big factor. And look, they could lose Rodon as well. So, you know, a lot of this is about when guys get signed, what the, the timing is, what the order is. But for me in this shortstop situation, it's not about a pecking order. It's about who goes first. It's about who goes first. And then what happens, and, and you know, more so if they go first and change teams. Yeah, if Dansby goes back to the Braves, just shortens the field, right? Makes everybody a little bit, you know, more you know, desperate or urgent, if you will. If you're in the shortstop market, then there's only the three big names, right, instead of four. But outside of that, 
you to me you're really you're trying to put a pecking order together these guys are going to try these gms to keep all of of the names you know in the fold because if i don't get the top guy i need the second guy to feel like he's the top guy i mean there's a lot of chess being played and it's not easy it's not and you got to take chances and you got to take chances sometimes in the waiting game and not overextending yourself financially and that's where you get caught you know, the, the first signings are always the team that says, screw this. I'm not willing to take a chance. I'm giving Correa, you know, eight years and 300 whatever million dollars, and, and I'm going to make it happen now. And I'm not waiting to see what the market is set at or how. But when you look at Trey Turner at age 30 and Correa at 28 and Bogarts at 30 and Dansby Swanson sitting there at 29 years old, this is as good as you're going to get. This is an, a special, special year at a special position in this sport on this free agent carousel. It will be fun to watch play out. We will break down all the positions all the time over these weeks between now and the winter meetings. I want to hear your thoughts. If you're a Braves fan, a Red Sox fan, about XB, about Dansby, if you're sitting there and you're a Dodger fan with Trey Turner, if you're a Twins fan, fans of other teams looking for Carlos Correa, hunting shortstops, I want to hear which shorties at the top of the list for you and why. Hit me up at Casey Stern on Twitter. Jump in on the comments on YouTube. As always, we thank you. And we thank the folks at Bet Online because, as always, Unfiltered is presented by our good friends at Bet Online. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E. AV on YouTube.